Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Hi, everyone. I'm, well, it's obvious. I'm John Verhoeven, and I was a cop back in the 80s in Sydney. And I'm Paul Verhoeven, John's son. I'm an author, and I wrote two books about Dad's time as a cop. The first five seasons of Loose Units spanned my time in general duties forensics, my time as a firefighter, and even my stint running a funeral home. This season we're visiting the locations of Australia's most notorious, baffling, horrific crimes and looking at what happened there. From Snowtown to the family, from the Morehouse murders to haunted highways, this season of Loose Units is your go-to guide to the worst crimes in Australian true crime history. Welcome to Loose Units, The Shadow Files. Hello and welcome to Loose Units, The Shadow Files. We've been dealing with the Kellett case, and as listeners will know, a body was found at the bottom of a mine shaft. That body belonged to Ray, and Dad, today we're going to start with Ray's body being retrieved from the bottom of this mine shaft quite by accident during a bit of a drill. Is that correct? Hmm. The shaft had been been given the all clear. It mm-hmm. had been tagged. Everything was, uh, you know, the situation was that uh, they could not find the uh, the bodies. Well, we say bodies. I mean, that gives you um, sort of the feeling that they were, in fact, deceased. But they didn't know that. You don't know they're dead. You know, the coroner, through complex calculations uh, and with the with the aid of, you know, highly experienced police and other emergency workers, you know, they have these international formulas, Paul, where they can calculate. They work out how far to extend the search. They factor in so many things based on anecdotal but also more importantly previous statistical analysis of situations that have occurred throughout history the the records that they would have access to in relation to calculating how far out to go from a certain point oh i see so right so given age gender weather blah 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 the person could only have gone so far which means Mm. that the search will extend within this radius so that's right yeah, okay, so the, the the focal point for that radius in this case is the campsite where the Kellets were actually bunked down um, with Mr. Milne. Now, as you heard last week, listeners, a smell in said mineshaft was discounted because they saw the remains of a dead kangaroo and they went, you know what, that's what it was. And then, of course, a, uh, a emergency service worker was doing a demonstration, rappelled down this mineshaft and then finds Ray's body. Now, mm. this search was done on, I believe it was done on the 10th of April, um, on the 10th of April, uh, 2015. So this is quite a while back. But at the time it was found, it was found at a sort of, as you mentioned last week, 
kind of almost a mushroom-shaped uh, recess at the bottom of the shaft, which is why they didn't see it at first. So mm. I guess, we, is it worth talking through what was found around and on his body? Because we'll get to his injuries in a second. We will get to the findings of mm. the actual coroner. By the way, Dad, do I sound very congested today? I you sound congested, Paul. <laughs> okay, I am... Um. I'm quite sick, but rain, rain, hail, or shine, we cannot stop loose units. So, Dad, uh, a bunch of stuff was found on and around his body. I don't know if any of it is actually pertinent to the potential crime. Do you think any of it may have played a factor at all? Well, I don't want to give too much away, but obviously the items that were found close to his person were... Once they uh, retrieved the body... Now, when the firefighter was rappelling down yeah. the shaft and it's a 12 meter shaft which is about a three-story building he did actually smell something quite putrid and rancid uh-huh. he also commented that there were thousands of blowflies so that that would have you know been his olfactory center being you know stimulated together with the flies then the body he radios to the the top and obviously they now have a body but paul it's important to to consider this point and that is that they don't know whose body it is do they they don't know whether it's a male or a female they certainly don't know that it's one of the missing people who's to say it's not someone else. Why, why couldn't it be another miner? Well, to that point, I mean, look, my thought was the Kellets and Mr. Milne were in the middle of nowhere and they wouldn't see people. But as we talked about last week, multiple yes. duos of retirees kept happening upon them. So you're right, it could be, could be any number of people. Yeah, okay. Paul, it could be, look, it could be trekkers. Mm-hmm. It could be backpackers. It could be, there are, there are a multitude that's mm-hmm. why it's so critical. Now, the fact that... So the the firefighter, he's not in any way trained to examine a crime scene. Mm-hmm. He's not a forensic expert. He's not a police officer. But his initial observations are very important. They then retrieve him. It takes two more days before they can actually send down... Initially, they were going to send down two forensic investigators, uh, not dissimilar to the type of work that I used to do. I don't know how I would feel about going down into a shaft. They were going to send two people down. They decided that it was too dangerous, too, too, um, you know, too tight, too cramped mm-hmm. for two mm-hmm. people to operate. So they have to secure the site. They have to obviously instruct this forensics expert you know perhaps even give them i mean i know that i was occasionally lowered down cliffs with all my camera gear which was incredibly heavy back in the 1980s and all my sort of equipment that i may have required like remember the case of the of the prostitute that was mummified mm-hmm. um north of sydney and that, that was the thermometers you carry a lot of stuff yeah carry a lot of gear so mm. and it's important that you don't sort of um, destroy any evidence whilst you're sort of assessing the particular, you know, scene because there's going to be stuff. And, Paul, there were a number of things down there that were 
you know, important. Uh, one of the things was a red uh, petrol, like a jerry can, plastic, that it had the top cut off it, and it had some rocks inside it. Now, that may well have been used um, like a scoop, for example, to put samples in that can then be hauled to the top where you can start oh, to do some panning because you are so invariably... There, basically, right? No, so no, that's down. right. Okay, yep. So, you know, this this officer now, he... he there's this thing called... Um, it's a halo, which is mm-hmm. where once the body begins to, you know, um, decompose, and believe it or not, Paul and listeners, decomposition takes place, starts to take place within one to two days. So it's pretty rapid. And, you know, we think about bodies being able to be, you know, visually identified days and weeks later, that's that's not the case. Mm. And, um, you know, things happen pretty quickly. And you get what's called the halo effect, where all the, the juices, the blood, the bodily fluids, they basically ooze out. I guess an analogy would be... If you drew a little stick figure on a piece of absorbent paper and you then got a dropper and dropped water from above onto the little stick figure, you would see the moisture hit your little drawing Mm -hmm. and then radiate outwards. So you get this like a ghostly, almost an apparition so that's the halo you're talking about. Is that's the halo. The, that's the liquids from the body slowly seeping. And I'm assuming you can tell how long it's been there based on... Possibly, Paul. Yeah, okay. that, that's a good point. I'm not quite sure about that. But their main okay. concern was to retrieve the body. And look, that would have been done... Look, I'm just trying to sort of... the, the You know, Ray had no shirt on. He had a pair of shorts and he had decent working boots. That's all he had. The One of the key points about the first on the scene would have been photography. So important. Because as you begin to retrieve a body, you are in effect destroying the crime scene. You know... He, the person that had been lowered to the bottom of that shaft would have been walking around, albeit delicately. He's in a confined space. And it's not a nice place to be. I mean, you're by yourself. You're at the bottom of a dark mine shaft with a dead body. At this mm. stage, you don't know who it is. You get the remains to the surface. You've taken all the photographs. Photography is really important. And like a lot of crime scenes you take the photographs you only have one opportunity because once everything is retrieved a lot of that evidence can be can be ruined yeah so they get the body up what they do they have an idea of course and they take some teeth from ray's skull and they begin to compare because they have access to raised DNA from personal items back at the site, but also from the family. And they make a positive identification. They prove beyond a reasonable doubt doubt that it is, in fact, Ray. It's two teeth they took, yeah? Two Um, teeth, yeah. Also, just quickly, if you fall down a mineshaft, would your teeth not be somewhat 
damaged? I mean, at least I guess if he land, if his teeth are okay, I'm assuming that means he landed on his back, right? Mm. Well, Paul. Yeah. Did he land? The hypothesis at this point of the story, this oh, at this yeah. part of this yep. this juncture is that that he fell. But things are going to unfold. Okay. There were certain very senior police over the, you know, preceding weeks and months and during the coroner's inquest that postulated various theories about falls. I found some of these theories problematic because, you know, there, there were serious injuries to Ray's body, but what is lacking in the post-mortem uh, that was carried out is the lack of injuries to feet and legs. And we all know that if you land feet first, you are going to suffer incredible injury. Yeah, you have... One of the things, one of the running threads of loose units is the fact that I stumbled into your old police journals and case files when I was a kid. Mm. And one of the things that ruined me was seeing what happens. I mean, there were photos of a man's legs after he had uh, skydived and his shoe hadn't opened. Correct. Now, that was a, first of all, not a great thing for a kid to see, but uh, it did prove that the bones of a person just are just looking for an excuse to explode out of that Correct. person's body. And they right? want to keep going. Your bones yeah. want to keep going. And, and they're, they're, they're being driven down mm-hmm. and they want to go through your heels. Yeah. Okay? yeah. And I've seen plenty of photographs and I've been involved in the identification of people um, that have fallen, jumped, you know, all sorts of terrible things. But if you are going to land anywhere feet first... Um, yeah. It's it's going to be fairly grim, but there were other injuries. There were he had certain fingers. The skin was completely just torn away, mm. and he also experienced some very unusual breaks. Where the at the inquest they found that some of the bones were actually shattered. From imagine if you held your finger up sort of pointing towards the sky and then you rested yep. it on a bench and then you got a hammer, probably a sledgehammer, and just came down with full force. That's a very unusual type of break where the bone literally explodes outwards. Mm-hmm. It, it breaks along sort of from the top to the bottom point. It's, it's, it's incredible. It's not like it snaps off. It's, it's a different force. And, and people have felt that perhaps as he was falling... He was grabbing on to to the sides of the you know to the walls. Yeah. Okay. okay. But you know this this is all very interesting from a theoretical perspective until you begin to realise that there's a lot more to this case than than we sort of you know we are aware of at this point in time. There is something I need to talk about though. Mm. Um, And this is a bit of a MacGuffin in terms of crime fiction. There is a part of the body that is... Okay. Mm. You know what I'm going to say, right? I do, I do. Yeah, so there's a bone in the throat called the hyoid bone. And in crime fiction, in crime dramas, whatever, what they say is that the only way that that... The only way that that uh, bone could be broken is if there was a strangulation. Now, that's a cute idea, but actually I checked and it turns out 
uh, in about one third of strangulations, it is the uh, it is the bone that gets that gets broken. Mm. So, what do you think of the hyoid uh, in this case? Because it says it was a possible break, but given how decomposed he was and how far he fell, it's possible that it got broken. Like, what do you what do you think? Of it's this? it's hard for me to answer that um, objectively, Paul, because I I'm aware of all the facts insofar as the facts that are known that we yes. have available to us. Yes, yes, yes. Um, to me, it's a, a red flag. And it was red to the magistrate. Me. No, red flag. Oh, red flag. Oh, Jesus. Okay, yep. Yeah, All no, right. it's a red flag. Right, it's, okay. Um, you know, they tried to extrapolate whether or not this... It's generally associated with manual strangulation, but it's not okay. It's not exclusive to that. Yes, So they had they have other doctors come in and they, they talk about, you know, the strangulation, but they also talk about car accidents. Is it possible that this could have happened? Is it possible that it could have happened in a fall and the doctors have all said well it is possible um so the 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 coroner has to take this into consideration and i really really like this coroner um at least i like the way she and possibly all coroners are just so wonderfully able to bring in all the facts but then they bring in a lot of experts that may you know, have opposing views. Mm-hmm. And it's really, really important because no one knows for sure, at least at this point in the story. So a lot of people were thinking it was a fall. The police, they... One police officer said that by the way that the arms were above the head, it looked as though that person had been... And his theory was unusual, and it was it was not um, accepted by the coroner. Ultimately, that was that this particular person may have been dragged at the top of the hole and dragged towards. It sounds really weird to me. It sounds dangerous. I don't understand how you could draw this conclusion. Mm-hmm. But this particular um, police officer said that. In his experience, he had seen, in relation to incidents he'd gone to where people had fallen off cliffs, etc., that this was quite an occurrence where their their hands would be above their head. I don't agree with that. And then the reason I don't agree with that, of course, is with a little bit of hindsight, which will become, which we will reveal to the listeners as to why it's more likely that something else more insidious happened. Um, it's hard for me. I'm sort of, I feel as though I'm like a horse in the gates ready to start a horse race and I'm, and I'm <laughs> yep. being held back mm-hmm. and you're sort of there with your starter gun. I, I want to just jump right into it and say, this is basically what we feel happened, but we yep. need to sort of slowly get to it. Now, one of the other interesting things, Paul, is that there was a fire at the entrance, at the top of the hole. Right. And have you read anything about the three cigarette butts? No. Oh, God, Paul. There were three cigarette butts found. When you are interviewing a potential offender as a police officer, mm-hmm. what you try and do, and they also try and do this in, in the witness box, for example, if there's a certain crime committed at a certain location a clever prosecutor is going to, in front of the jury, in every single way possible, get the 
alleged offender to make out that they've never ever been to that location. Do you agree? Yes. And yes. then and then you hit them with it. Yep. Okay. Yeah, can you? We have proof that you, yes, you correct. Were. Now, in this particular case, Paul, they find three cigarette butts. Would you like to hazard? And bearing in mind this is only meters from the top of the you know the entrance to this shaft where the dead body is the deceased at the bottom Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile with the price of just about everything going up during inflation we thought we'd bring our prices down so to help us we brought in a reverse auctioneer which is apparently a thing Mint Mobile unlimited premium wireless ready to get 30 30 ready to get 30 ready to get 20 20 20 ready to get 20 20 ready to get 15 15 15 15 just 15 bucks a month so give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch $45 up front for 3 months plus taxes and fees promote for new customers for limited time unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows full terms at mintmobile.com hey it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith co-star of my upcoming film if only in theaters May 17th do you want to tell people the big news all right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. So, would you hazard a guess as to the DNA they found on the cigarette butts? <sighs> Bearing in mind this particular person, one of the two people that the, the DNA has been found, one of them has said that they never ever went to that location. So. Uh, okay, the problem is, I, I'm looking at, okay, let, okay, we know it's Ray's body at the bottom, right? Yeah. We already said that. We, we know that. Let that slide. Yeah, so if we know it's Ray's body at the bottom... I think part of my problem is that, oh God, um, if he was smoking at the edge of the hole... And Paul, he's, he, Paul he was not a smoker. He didn't smoke. Interesting. Okay. So who are the other two people? Jenny uh, and Mr. Milne. Now, guess what? What? Mr. Milne, mm-hmm. through his counsel yep. during the inquest denied ever being near that hole and yet his dna was found on one or two yeah of the cigarette butts at a small fire meters from the top of the hole as was jenny's if you were smoking at the top of the hole surely you would throw the cigarette butts down the hole though no they 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 had a campfire there okay they'd been sitting there but Mr. Milne, to this day, yeah. denies. He's not saying it's not his cigarette butt. He, he says, yes, it, well, clearly it's got my DNA on it. And yes, I am a smoker. But he says that that cigarette butt, together with the other two, get ready for this, must have got stuck under someone's 
in their f bloody boot, you know, underneath the boots, and they would have walked not one, not two, but all three of these oh, cigarette off. butts to... <laughs> no, no, this is what he said through his counsel. Yeah, 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 that's, that's, that's insane. Then that's, that's, what, that's what he says. However, Paul, I hate to say this at this juncture, but it was... I'm going to say I'm, I'm putting this sort of on the record and for any police that are listening that were involved in this particular case, you know, I sort of apologise slightly, but in hindsight, it, it, I think it was a bit sloppy okay. um, because these cigarette butts were not picked up for more than 10 days, Paul. They'd been seen uh -huh. and, you know, then... Once you sort of have a definite body at the bottom of this well, this shaft, yeah. you've got the cigarette butts above. To me, that was incredibly important evidence. And the coroner, you know, accepted that this was, you know, important. But then, of course, you also find Milne's DNA on Jenny's pillow slip. And on her doona. Okay, what does that mean? What do you think that means? The police, once they found out about the DNA on the cigarette butts and the DNA on the pillow slip and the doona, well, Paul, what, what would be a reasonable conclusion to deduce? Uh, that um, some sort of lovers Correct. thing going on. I mean, right. you've got you literally got you've got a thruple happening in the middle mm. of nowhere, and uh, they're all okay. Yeah, it's so possible that there's some sort of possible. infidelity going on. Okay. Yeah. Now, this is one of the problems I have with this particular case. Yep. That is that the coroner took all that into consideration. Milne had, he said it that he'd assisted with the, you know, pulling out of the blankets, setting up the camp. He said in relation to the, to his DNA on a pillow slip, that he had lent the pillow. To Jenny because she was suffering some back and neck pain during the course of driving. I find that difficult to believe. Yep. But the real problem I have, listeners, and dear Paul, is this. The coroner found, in fact, she basically said there's no evidence to suggest that they were having an affair. I say to the coroner that when people are having an affair... No one knows. They're, 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 they're secret and they're liaisons. So I don't know how anyone on earth can ever say, I don't think that's the case. That's my, my opinion. Sure. Because people, I mean, then you can start to say, well, maybe did they go through all their telephone records to find texts, calls? I don't know. But you, I just can't discount that. Don't you think it's funny that some... I, I, it's so confusing, Paul. Yeah. I'm trying to picture, you know, Jenny and Ray sitting metres away from a mine shaft, having cigarettes, and at the bottom of that hole is the deceased husband of Jenny. But there are other ways you can explain it. You could explain that they were... They were looking for for the husband, for Ray. And they just happened to come across this hole. That, 
Milne says he never was ever there. Yeah. If you are saying that you were never at a particular place, there's DNA mm-hmm. evidence, yep. and at the bottom of a hole is a dead body, then to me, that's a double red flag. So. Speaking of speaking of red, mm. uh, something else came up in the inquest that confused me. Mm-hmm. And God, I sound so sick right now, listeners. I'm so sorry. For those of you who've got kind of sensitive ASMR-y brains, this must be very unpleasant. But so I want to get your thoughts on this, Dad. Mm. Uh, Ray's body was in a pretty bad condition. There were all kinds of fractures on one side of his head. The, like we said, the hyoid was broken. Mm. He was in a bad way, right? Mm. Now, there was blood found on his boots Correct. and DNA analysis proved that it was his own blood. Yeah. Uh, there was blood and this is where the blood was found. Uh, first, a blood spot on the top of Ray's left boot. Second, blood on the underside outsole of Ray's left boot, including up inside the valleys of the tread pattern. And third, blood on the upper surfaces of the outsole tread pattern of Ray's left boot being the portion of the boot outsole that would come into contact with the ground if the wearer of the boot was walking, that is, the lug. Now, is it po- is it possible that there was some sort of altercation, Ray was injured, and then he was piffed in there? Or is there any version of this in which he falls, gets up, is bleeding, bleeds on one of his boots, and then falls back down again? No. No, my theory, uh, listeners, yeah, yep. is very simple. And the theory goes, and I'm just going to put the theory into the into the mix now. And it's just a theory. It's just spitballing, right? Yeah. Okay. Okay. For there to be blood taken up to the underside high point of a tread. <clears throat> now, remember, it's a work boot. Anyone that knows anything about work boots know they've got some seriously massive deep treads. Okay, that's a given. For the blood to make its way up to the top of the inside or the underside of a high tread indicates a lot of blood. He would have to have been standing in, in a his pool, own blood. in a pool right, yeah. of his own blood. Okay. I believe yeah. that. There were two people at the bottom of the shaft. There's no falling. He didn't fall. He was at the bottom of the shaft with another person and he was murdered at the bottom of the shaft. And as we know, there is a large, relatively large cave that takes you... Because this had been worked. This was a working cave, historically. And that actually filled in you know, the, the, the inner depths or the sides, but you could still, there was still about around about three metres that you couldn't see. And you could stand up in it, by the way. I believe that Ray was murdered at the bottom of the cave. Okay. And I believe that the murderer then dragged Ray's body, thinking, and it'd be fairly hard to judge, particularly under an incredibly stressful situation, it would be very difficult to... I mean, he's dragged the body, that's hence the arms being dragged behind, and believing that the body would have been out of sight. And to a degree, that that was correct, and that it was so 
it took so long to actually find that they had to send someone right into and actually lower them down because of the nature of the, the you know the shape it wasn't a perfect drop and that's my theory in relation to this particular case there was actually blood found on something other than the shoe and that is there was a 20 liter red plastic uh, can of petrol um, hmm. that was near the body underneath the sort of alcove it had uh blood stains on there hmm. um on different segments of it and it was put back like i said it was put back apparently three meters away from ray's remains and uh the findings of effectively saying that whilst it may have been used as a container of some sort um and there was dust on it uh there's no way it could have gotten there by accident hmm. right i mean yep. here's i'm gonna read here it is not known how the red petrol can came to rest at the far end of the bulbous base of the mine shaft. It was suggested that someone had thrown it down the shaft rather than placing it in the bin. However, that does not account for its location towards the back wall of the base of the shaft. It is possible, but unlikely, to have rolled in that position and such speculation does not advance the matter further. Um, they're not sure how it got the blood on it. Uh, it's... Oh, this is so confusing. This is so confusing. Now, now, they searched other uh, objects down there, including the beam that was found over Ray's leg. Mm. Um, over his leg, but not, not touching. touching it. Yeah, no, yeah, no. Okay. So they, they checked that for blood, couldn't find any. Uh, there were all kinds of other random objects down there. And did they find uh, any other blood or anything no. else anywhere? Uh, okay. No, no. But, you know, it's, it's, look, you know, when they first go down, I mean, they found a body. They don't know who it is. Um, finding evidence down down there is you have to put all these things together, Paul. And there's we a have, you know there's there's DNA all over the place. There's a, by the way there's a drink bottle uh, which has DNA all DNA. Three, well, that's, but they were saying that they yeah, shared a water bottle. They did. Yeah, that makes sense. They okay. shared a lot of things. You know, you're out in the bush, you're walking, you you know, someone wants a, a swig of water and you just pass it around. You know, don't worry about the backwash. Oh, I find that offensive. Um, but Paul, there's a lot more to this story and I do believe that this is going to be the first ever four-parter. Have we not done a four-parter before? Never. Because we need to talk next week about, well, theories, but also what on earth, how did this come about? What are the likely scenarios and, and where is, where's Ray's wife? Where's the wife? And I've already got some theories about that too. So right now, uh, they've kind of reopened this. The family has basically mm. kept searching. Look, this is a really weird ongoing case. I feel really bad because obviously there'd be nothing worse than not knowing, right? So we've got such detail here in the inquest about Ray's body. Mm. We know it was found. I mean, look, first of all, just tying back to something you said, Dad. Now, you said that it was possible that Mr. Mill and Jenny were having an affair. Um, one of the points here from the uh, forensic findings from the coroner's court. I'll read it, actually. I'm satisfied that there is no evidence of a relationship between Jenny and Mr. Milne. The evidence reflects that they were work companions and family friends. There is no basis for drawing any inferences from the DNA results from the pillowcases. I'm not saying this rules out your theory. I'm just saying it's worth pointing out that sometimes we are going to come to different conclusions uh, than the coroners. We are not working on this case as experts. We're just weighing in from yeah. our perspectives. So yeah. please don't take any of this to be like fact, mm. you know, like, uh, yeah. Mm. 
So the next part of this uh, of this story is the wider search in that radius that you mentioned before, Dad. The forensics mm. people came up with a plausible area to search. Obviously, that's going to involve other mine shafts. Yep. Um, and at this point, they found Ray, so I guess the assumption is they're going to find Jenny's remains mm. at some point in in an adjoining shaft or in the in you know in the brush or whatever. Um, spoiler alert: It's not that simple. So we will be dealing with that next week. Dad, how are you finding working on a case that is technically still active? Because a lot of the cases we deal with on loose units are either things that you were involved in decades ago. Are you enjoying this process? I, I, I'm not to sound ghoulish, but are you, are you enjoying the process of delving into something different and approaching it from the perspective of the coroner's inquest? I brought my computer up to our local coffee shop this morning, something I've never done before. I sat in a fairly secluded part of the coffee shop, but the the screen is is clearly open, it's illuminated, and the print, I can't make the print smaller, so it's it's, it's decent sized font. Uh-huh. And a couple of the staff came up and I could I could see them sort of peering down and and getting a, just some of the headlines, some of the, the graphic words used. And I I really felt and it was weird because there were things happening in this coffee shop. There was music, there were there was a lot of action, there was conversation. I found it incredibly easy to not lose my focus. This has drawn me in and I find it stimulating. I find probably I'm thinking about this a lot more than I should be, but I like that because what I'm doing and have been doing over the last few weeks is I am coming up with my own theories about what I believe happened. And we will discuss that next week. Amazing. That is so, so exciting. Well, thank you so much for listening to another episode of Loose Units, The Shadow Files. It's been an absolute pleasure, everybody. We're going to be back at the tail end of this week with a loose ends. And listen, I just want to float an idea by you right now, Dad. And listeners, I think I know how you're going to feel about this. But Dad and I do loose ends every Thursday morning. Uh, we do it online and uh, we do it just down the line. It's all audio. How would you as listeners feel if Dad and I did it like an evening loose ends and did the whole thing live on Zoom and you could actually tune in and watch us do it live and interact with us? If you think this is something you're interested in, please let us know on the Loose Units Facebook discussion group. Welcome to all our new members. Thank you for all the lovely messages. But uh, in the meantime... Have a great week, everyone. And uh, don't forget to head across to Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Leave us a rating and a review. Don't forget to head across to Booktopia or wherever you get your books and grab Electric Blue. We're trying to push this up the charts of the book sales um, and make sure you uh, share it far and wide with friends and family. And we will see you at the tail end of this week for a piping hot episode of Loose Ends. Have a good one, everyone. Bye. Cheerio. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.